All right. Welcome back to Blondes, Books, and Campfire Tales. I am Bethany Suitsman. This is my co-host. We got Crystal and our special guest this week, Nicole. So nice to have everyone here. Uh, thank you for um, being patient with our late start. I was having some technical difficulties. <laughs> so I finally got my internet working. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about R.L. Stein, the man, the myth, the legend. We love this guy. Uh, we'll get into him just a little bit, but um, I was just thinking, Nicole, let's let's hear a little bit about you so everyone can kind of meet you and, and hear what y'all about there. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, everybody. Uh, my name's Nicole. I uh, am a writer by trade on my uh, off time. I write mostly comic books, mostly for the middle grade market. So you probably know me if you've picked up uh, Sweet Valley Twins, the new graphic novel adaptations. There it is. <laughs> so that is uh, one of several that's coming out. And uh, you can actually get it in stores now. But that's that's what I do. Gotta say, love horror. And I was a huge R.L. Stein fan. Awesome. Uh, back when I was a lot younger. So and I still am, <laughs> to be honest. It never left. I mean, it's it's that nostalgia and that, like, first introduction to horror. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, leading into that, Crystal, do you want to give us uh, just kind of a little bit of background on R.L. here? Yeah. So um, R.L. Stein grew up in Ohio. He was born in 1943. Um, that's really all the personal information I'm going to give you about him. But, um, <laughs> like, we don't need to know. I mean, you know. We, we know him. Um, he's done a lot with books, movies, TV shows. Um, if you didn't know, which this is something that I knew, and this was also one of my favorite shows as a kid, um, he was co-creator and head writer of Eureka's Castle on Nickelodeon. I didn't know that. Yeah. Loved that show. Really watched that. <laughs> so I've like been a fan of R.L. Stein since what? I was like four or something however old I was watching that show you know <laughs> at that time I didn't know that but you know right um he, he started he slowly introducing us yeah slowly introducing us I don't think there was anything scary about Eureka's castle but I think it was like but it was great I just remember that <laughs> um and he's done um he was a producer like with other Stuff. He was one of the producers on the Goosebumps television show when that was a thing. Um, and I haven't actually watched the Goosebumps movies, but he does a cameo in both of those. Mm -hmm. um, so his first horror novel, I am reading my notes, so I apologize for looking down. Um, but his first horror novel was published in 1986. It was a teen horror novel called Line to Date, um, which I have read that one. I think I got that one from the library, but I'm not sure. Um, he started writing Fear Street in 1989. The first Fear Street book was The New Girl. Um, first Goosebumps was Welcome to the Dead House, which that series started in 1982. In 1995, he wrote his first adult novel, Superstitious. Um, and he has, I think, a few other adult novels out still. I'm not completely sure when he stopped writing Fear Street books, but he did start writing them again um, in 2014. And they started republishing some of the old Fear Street books as well. And of course, um, in 2021, there was the um, Fear Street trilogy of movies um, on Netflix. And as I mentioned, the Goosebumps movies. So 
Um, he does have some other book series that he's worked on. Um, Rotten School, mostly ghostly in the nightmare room. And he does have like other random novels out there as well. Um, so he's, I mean, he just writes and writes. I mean, mm -hmm. he's just uh, one of those people that just has like an unending imagination, which I love. So <laughs> that's R.L. Stein. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, I think we're all all big fans of R.L. And I, I feel our Mr. Stein. I don't know what to call him. Like Mr. R, Mr. L. And his uh, first name's Robert, if that. I know, but I just oh, I feel like that's like, too personal. And it I'm is like, too personal. I don't know you, Mr. Stein. Like, <laughs> yeah. Although you have met him, I have. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Right. My my original Goosebumps book, and then I, I waited in line for like three hours for this, and I got my photo with him. Oh, I gotta say though, like there was so many people in that line at that book fair, and he was he was probably the nicest person because he waited the whole time. Like he didn't leave even when fans were there. Some other authors, when they were done signing, like their time was done, they would just get up and leave and you had to wait for them to come back. He stayed the whole time. He was there for like six, seven hours. I want to say just signing and talking with people. And he waited till the very last person was done uh, waiting in line. So I was like, respect. That was, yeah, that's that amazing. Was very nice. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester's on here. He <laughs> he says, Mr. Stein. I agree. I, I should call him that. <laughs> respectful. The man, the myth, yes. the legend, Mr. Stein. I think that's <laughs> more respectful. All right. Well, Sylvester, if you want to hop on, just let me know and I'll send you the link. Okay. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. So Sylvester says he took his master class. So that's oh, kind of cool. So definitely, if you want to hop on, Sylvester, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk yeah, to us about wanna, that. If you want to talk about his master class, I bet that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> But what just, about you, Nicole? Did you uh, did you start reading him young, or or when were you kind of introduced to Mr. Stein? So you remember those Scholastic book fairs? Yes, yes. I used to be at the school, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's how I got started. And uh, I was a pretty voracious reader, and it helped that you know there's like hundreds of these, so it was mm -hmm. just kind of like, ah, oh, yes, look, a new series that has you know content, and then mm -hmm. I felt way hard into it it was a uh, the perfect blend of like just scary enough for like one or two nightmares but not enough to be like a deterrent <laughs> to reading more yeah so uh yeah i fell into it then and it just i think i had so many of those books for so very long and it's you know over the years finally started getting got rid of them and uh, gave them to i think a school but I still have three of them that I keep because they're just my favorite. <laughs> and it's still something I love. So, Which ones uh, Which ones did you keep? Uh, I kept One Day in Horrorland. Nice. Uh, Beast from the East and Werewolf of Fever Swamp. <laughs> nice. Those are probably my three favorites. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I still have a few... They're up in storage right now, but I definitely still have a few. But I mean, I have a full on phobia of disposals because of him. <laughs> the first time I feel like it's almost become a trope now. But the first time I ever came across somebody sticking their hand down a garbage disposal and that thing just magically turning on and maiming a person. Um 
99 Fear Street, The House of Evil. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure book number one in that trilogy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will not stick my strong, apparently. Proposal. I will not. I don't care. I will stick a spoon down there. I will never <laughs> stick any, I will never stick a hand down there. <laughs> well, Sylvester says that he would hop on, but he's beat. So he's going to go to bed soon. Okay. Um, but he did say that he's collecting the the books for his son right there. So that's, nice. that's really cool. And that's, what's kind of neat is I like, I think most of us started out with goosebumps because it was just that age range. And then we like graduated to fear street and then, of course, from there, you can either keep following RL or you can like that's when you kind of go to like Stephen King and Dean Koontz and all that. Um, but it, I was actually kind of surprised when my stepdaughter, she came up and she was talking about Slappy. Like she was really afraid of this thing called Slappy. And I'm like, Slappy, like trying to figure out what she's talking about. And it's like this whole YouTube phenomenon of like Slappy, the the ventriloquist doll. <laughs> <laughs> that's on YouTube right now that kids are like terrified of. And I was like, man, Mr. Stein strikes again. Like he's going after my kids now. <laughs> I'm like, it's awesome. So I'm like, I don't know what I can share with them quite yet. They're still pretty young, but, <laughs> but I did, I did share some, some goosebumps with them. Um, Mike, welcome, Mike. He goes, I'm late. What did I miss? You didn't miss much. We were having technical difficulties. So you, yeah. you got on just on time there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm, I actually think I'm one of the few people that I started with Fear Street. I was Mm -hmm. definitely reading Fear Street before Goosebumps was even a thing. Um, Because I was never reading what was my grade level. I was, so um, I just remember in like sixth grade, everybody was reading like Goosebumps and Goosebumps had been out for a few years by then. But everybody was reading Goosebumps and I had never heard of it. So I like, I read a couple of them and I was just like, no. Because I'd been reading Fear Street for years mm-hmm. and like Christopher Pike books. And I was just like, no. I think sixth grade is about the time I actually started graduating to Stephen King. So I, I think I'm one of the rare few that I maybe read two Goosebumps books. But yeah. it just, after Fear Street, I was just like, eh. <laughs> I feel like Goosebumps is, they were kind of like, besides scary stories to tell in the dark, they were kind of like the first mini anthologies that I would yeah. read. Because you always get like, you know, the 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 special edition ones that would have like like six or seven stories in there. So that's what I liked. I liked having all the, all the different stories because I would only be allowed to read for a certain amount of time because we were always doing something or I was up too late. So dad made me go to bed. So I was like, I got to find something fast. Otherwise, I'm going to. I'm going to stay up reading and then get in more trouble. <laughs> yeah. I had um, during the weekends and during the summer, I was allowed to stay up later if I was reading. So nice. That was, yeah. I, I was definitely reading as late as I possibly could until I was told that I needed to shut off the light. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about it. I don't know if you guys um, remember this, but SeaWorld actually had a goosebumps like 3d show and it was like a like a lighthouse terror thing or something and i just remember being so stoked when when my family we did our family vacation and we went to SeaWorld, and i was like so excited to see a goosebumps thing there i was like what i'm like we came for shamu and i got goosebumps like this is awesome <laughs> it was so random and it was pretty cool oh it was like a 41 like they'd spray water on you and stuff it was kind of cute oh okay that sounds amazing sounds like I would have loved that, but no, <laughs> we didn't. 
my family didn't do SeaWorld and things like that very much. Yeah. Probably well, because when I was four, we went and I got lost. Where? At SeaWorld. At sea I wasn't World. really lost. I was studying <laughs> stingrays, which if you know me, that should have been the first place that they looked. <laughs> <laughs> Even at four. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And they were like, after that, they're like, nope, no more SeaWorld for Crystal. <laughs> yeah. We never went back to another place like that until I was fully grown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was before they had leashes exactly for kids. I <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, an aquarium. Can we pet some stingrays? <laughs> <laughs> so that hasn't uh, changed. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. It was pretty fun. Yeah. But the Goosebumps movies were pretty good. I watch them with my girls. It's kind of something that... I can share my little bit of horror with them. That doesn't freak them out too much. So they like the little Goosebumps movies. They're cute. Jack Black does a really good job in them. I could see that. Yeah. I haven't like not watched them for like any particular reason. I just have not watched them. <laughs> uh, what did you guys? <laughs> what did you guys think of the Fear Street adaptation on on Netflix? I liked it as long as I wasn't comparing it to the books. Yeah. Did you watch it, Nicole? I did. Um, I've actually never read any of the Fear Street books. I'm one of the cases that read Goosebumps and then uh, went off in a different direction before finding a Fear Street. But I watched it. Um, slasher. It was a little bit more of a slasher than I expected it to be, which is mm -hmm. not my my genre normally, but I really enjoyed first one, even though I, spoiler, if you haven't watched it, turn the sound off now, <laughs> but I never want to touch one of those bread machines ever again, like the slicers, no thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. See, Carl Stein, he'll give you phobias. Yep. Although I'm not sure that, I'm not completely sure how much he was involved in the in the yeah i'm not sure either. but i agree with you like if as long as you don't compare it to the original fear street series like i don't think there was anything really fear street in the fear street besides just sharing the name yeah and like there's this whole trilogy that was written in the 90s the fear street saga that um goes over like the whole thing on basically how Fear Street became Fear Street. And the story on how that happened in the in the movies is just so different. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm like, there was literally a whole book trilogy set out for you to explain this, and you just completely ignored it. Yeah. I think the only thing that they kept the same was um. I don't remember the first name, but the fear in the colonial times, he was he was the magistrate of the town um, in the books. And I think in the movie, they made him the minister, which is kind of similar, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and his son was having a secret affair with a girl that wasn't too. But I'm not even sure if the family named the same. Um, Good was the last name in the books i don't remember yeah what the last name was in the movies i should have looked that up <laughs> mike says he was already older by the time the goosebumps came out he was reading post-apocalyptic books 
I think I was the age range of what they wanted for when that came out. I just was already past that. Yeah. I just read anything and everything I thought my parents would disapprove of. And at that time, <laughs> and my access that I had was the, the library. So it was Goosebumps and <laughs> Fear Street. Yeah. But what yeah. I liked about the Fear Street covers is it's almost like they kind of had a uh, and, and I may be the only one that sees this, but I feel like they kind of have like a Harlequin romance type feel to the color cover, but with a horror spin on it. Like it's always some yeah. busty girl with like um, lifting her skirt up or like scared terror or something like that. And I was like, this is very like, because I, I had a roommate who was really into romance novels. And I remember looking at the covers. I'm like, this looks so familiar. And then I saw Fear Street and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are very similar. <laughs> I never made that connection, but I could kind of see it. Yeah, I don't know why. That's what I think of when I see it. I was like, that's either a marketing strategy or I'm just really weird, which it could be either. So, Yeah, because even if it's mostly about a guy, there's usually a girl on the cover. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll have a guy on the cover. But like the new girl, which is the first one, the cover literally was the girl even though the main character is a guy yeah so but that's probably just how they they attracted a lot of stuff because if you look at general horror it's always you know the um the girl's the one who's running away or or has to be saved or something like that so yeah it could be maybe that was their marketing i don't know mike agrees he just says i'm weird but, you know, weird reality is weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody will deny that Bethany's weird. <laughs> but, I mean, you made that connection. And that's definitely, my mom had Harlequin romance novels. And I never made that connection. Yeah. Uh, Londa says, hi. What's up, Londa? Hi, Londa. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, uh, Mike and Londa are like our our two biggest supporters so we love mike and londa on here Aww, <laughs> they, they come to excellent. all of our shows <laughs> they're always here even yep, when we have beautiful. technical difficulties <laughs> i know are we forget a podcast and then <laughs> we don't we don't post a reminder then they're like hey what happened <laughs> oh yeah the one so. week we had to cancel yeah yeah <sighs> sorry guys <laughs> sorry about that i was traveling for work that week <laughs> Oh, but uh, what do you think, Nicole, about just Mr. Stein or or movies or? I mean, I've always uh, admired how absolutely prolific <laughs> he is. I think I read at one point that it takes about a week for him to churn out an outline, and Man. then it takes about six days for him to write a goosebump, or it used to take six days for him to write a goosebumps book, and uh, it's just he know knows exactly what he wants to do with those books and i absolutely love it because i mean the formula obviously worked on me <laughs> since i read all of them um yeah. but a fun fact about the fear street books is i believe he's mr or mr signs actually said that the original target audience for those books was girls oh really and he was surprised when uh boys started writing in <laughs> as well i mean i definitely I just think like a lot of times when people think of like young adult and teen novels, 
they think of girls reading those more often than guys. And it's not, I think people sometimes like forget or just don't think about like, Hey, teen guys still like to read too, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, thanks Londa. We're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do think that sometimes like teen boys, when it comes to like YA novels, they're like the forgotten ones sometimes. And, and that doesn't mean that they don't like things. And I do think that Fear Street's very something and Goosebumps both that can be enjoyed by anybody. But I can see how he would be surprised by that. Cause I think sometimes they're like the forgotten people. Yeah. In literature. I don't know. Well, and I think during that time period that those books came out, um, because that was still when, um, how do I say it? Boys tended to do boy type things at that time where it would be like a lot of sports and after school stuff, whereas girls maybe did not like, did more like drama and theater, but like now staying it's like, inside and reading was more of a girl thing while I being outside guess? playing sports was more of I a boy know. thing. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe at that time, like that was the market, like what most people were exposed to. Whereas like mm-hmm. now everybody does everything. Yeah. But so maybe that's why that was his audience. Cause he's like, Oh, it's probably a higher market. Or if they were just seeing like a higher sales for girls at that age, they might've been. Or yeah. girls were just better at convincing their parents at buying them books. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. How? Mike's busy. Mike. <laughs> I, my goal for the past five years has been 30 books. And I think the highest I've gotten is 26. <laughs> <laughs> Londa says most of the teen boys. Yeah. Uh, most teen boys I knew growing up wouldn't admit that they liked to read. That could have been it too. That maybe they were just closet readers. Yeah. I want people to know that they read. It wasn't cool to read if you were a boy. Well, I think just in general, it wasn't cool to read for a lot of people. Cause that's like, if you had glasses and braces then, and you read, you were like the nerd and nerds weren't accepted then like they are now. Now everyone's like, I'm a nerd, I'm a weirdo. But like back then we got shoved into lockers and like pushed down, <laughs> like bullied. So maybe, I don't know. I'm off of my own world. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was necessarily like, I don't know. I feel like at least in our like junior high, like there was at least, especially with like goosebumps, like that's what I really remember. Like, I don't know why I really remember that. Like sixth grade, everybody had goosebumps books. No, Like it was like, it was the cool thing to do to read goosebumps. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody like, I just remember everybody reading them and nobody had anything bad to say about them. And that's why I was like, okay, well, I like R.L. Stein. Like, I've been reading Fear Street, so I'll check this out, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I think that that was, like, one of those rare occasions that it didn't matter if you were a nerd or whatever. Like, you probably were still reading those books. Mm-hmm. So I know. I'm trying to think sixth grade. I don't know if it was sixth grade, but I just know junior high because it was cross middle school. And I just remember being on the bus, but like what I was reading a lot of also was like fantasy. So I was in a lot of like fantasy books, like, uh, um, weren't you reading those books with the cat? 
uh, or was that possibly <laughs> with a cat? I remember you reading some fantasy books that had something to do with a cat. There was always a cat on the cover. Uh, there were some mystery books that had a cat, like the Cat Who books. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the name of it, but yeah, it was cats and they, but like not like house cats, like they were fantasy they cats. Yeah, they talked and they like imprinted on people and, and it was like uh, magicians and things. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. There was like cats and owls. Dang. Yeah. I have to look that up. I was trying I to ask my, huh? <laughs> I was like, I just randomly remembered you in books about cats. Yeah. No, because I always pull books from my brother, Rick, and he would always find the most strange books, and I loved it. And I was trying to ask him one day, I was like, remember that book that, that I stole from you? It had, like, dragons, and they were, like, brothers, and they were fighting each other. And he's like, no, I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm like, well, I remember a book like that. <laughs> so, you need to remember this book because it's like an earworm. I got to figure out what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I think out of all the books and all the genres and everything, I think why Goosebumps is and, and R.L. Stein and Fear Street is just so relatable or, or uh, nostalgia is because there's so many. Like like you guys are saying, like he comes out with a he could come out with a book like every six days. So there's so many of those books. And and Nicole, like you were saying, with the Scholastic Book Fair, like they were just a staple in every Scholastic Book Fair right there. So, and yeah, he didn't like getting exactly. a book and an eraser. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it'd be like, they'd have the Goosebumps books and then the bookmarks. Yes. And I don't know if there's posters. I remember getting posters at book fairs, but usually they were of cats. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I meant like you go to the book fair, like where else can you go get like a book an eraser, a poster, like, and a cool little bubblegum thing or some whatever. <laughs> like, I just like this classic book fairs. Yeah. Yeah. They were always fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my mom would work them. So I'd be like, can I get all this? And she'd be like, no. <laughs> She's like, just because I'm here doesn't mean you get to spend more money. And I'm like, it should. <laughs> I remember helping out my nephews um, at my at my nephew's school for the Scholastic Book Fair. And I just like signed up to work as many shifts as I could because I was like, I just want to hang out at the book fair. And then when my girls had a book fair, it was virtual and online. I'm like, this is not the same. Like, I need to be there, <laughs> surrounded by the books. Yeah, that's not the same I'm thing. I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if I'm not there pawing through all the erasers, then it's not the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> you don't get the new book and eraser smell. No. Mm -hmm. um, but there is something about having that little paper that you could mark the check marks of where you wanted, what books you wanted, and you take them home to your parents and like proudly present it. And then you you maybe get like five bucks to go get whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at all these books I want. Here's enough money for two and an eraser. <laughs> yeah, and an eraser. <laughs> that you end up bartering with your friend later on. Yep. <laughs> But, but I do definitely. think, like, the, because I do think, like, our generation, um, like, kids that grew up in, like, the 80s and 90s, um, like, nostalgia is, like, it's been proven that it's a huge thing for us. So I think that that's why, like, even still now, they're able to bring back Fear Street books, Fear Street movies, Goosebump movies, mm -hmm. um, because... Like, we have that nostalgia, and we're passing it down to our kids. Like you said, like, you're 
you know, like you're watching Goosebumps with your stepdaughters. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that nostalgia has been like, oh, I see it. I want to pass it on to like the next generation because I loved this when I was a kid. Yeah. Like you want to share that feeling there. Mm-hmm. So we'll look at Nicole with your with your Sweet Valley High, you know, like exactly. kind of just bringing that back for a lot of people. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sweet Valley was definitely um, I definitely had a lot of Sweet Valley High books. As mm-hmm. too, so <laughs> and it was like Sweet Valley High and Babysitter's Club on the Saddlebrook Club. Oh, man, I read all those things. I don't think I had that one. I had definitely like all the Fear Street, the Christopher Pike, Sweet Valley, mm-hmm. Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicole, we got to get you to do a, a Goosebumps graphic novel or a Fear Street graphic novel. <laughs> it is actually yeah. uh, R.L. Stein is in, uh, works with Boom Studios for a uh, graphic novel series that's mm-hmm. um, aimed at like middle age. So it's called Just Beyond. Oh, really? Oh, so, yeah. cool. Nice. Very so- much in the same vein as like Goosebumps. So your people need to get in touch with him so that you can be in charge of writing the Goosebumps graphic novel revival. (laughs) And you can work with him. There you go. (laughs) I would love that. I've heard he's very nice uh, to work with. We'll be your interns who (laughs) are your assistant who have to be with you. We'll be your research I need need, uh, everybody uh, to be on this email chain. Thanks. There you go. Oh, hey, Stacey. Hi. We were late to the party, too, so it's okay. <laughs> so. And I just, I do remember with his first adult book, Superstitious, I remember my mom got that, and she read it, and the first thing I wanted to do was read it, and she's like, I don't think this is appropriate for you. And I was, like, convinced that it had, like, some dirty sex scenes or something in it and it really to me I read it like I stole it and read it anyway because I was like that's nice that you don't want me to I'm gonna read it anyway it's on the bookshelf in the living room yoink um (laughs) but when I did read it I think like it was definitely more adult than Fear Street but it really wasn't any it was a little bit more graphic but Nothing will ever compare to the hand down the garbage disposal. Oh, gosh. So, so it did, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I was like, you're worrying too much, Mom. <laughs> I think the two books um, that were very influential for me in terms of goosebumps was one was where the boy had a fish tank and he could shrink down and he would go swimming on one side of the fish tank. So he made like a little lagoon on half the fish tank so he could go swim on that side and not bother the fish. And then like one day while he was there, his mom came in and bought like two uh, ninja fighting fish or something. And she's like, Oh, he already divided the things. And so put the the fish on the side that he was in like these attack fish. And of course, you know, didn't Did turn out so well for him. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I just remember always like going into like, my brother. His mom's was like a little bit more extreme than I thought then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember going into my brother's room and seeing the fish tank and I'd always look in there whenever I was mad at him and be like, maybe he's in there. Like, I'm going to go get some tack fish, put my brother in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that one, and then the, the werewolf at summer camp where the little boy turned into the werewolf. So 
I really like that one. Those those were the ones that always kind of stuck out with me. Um, Mike says that the influential book series that he read was Harry Potter series, which turned him on to ur urban fantasy genre. So he said it was in his 30s when the first Harry Potter books came out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like Harry Potter, what that started like late 90s. Mm -hmm. So was it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that was another one. Like, I feel like, you know, I feel like Goosebumps like ran a little bit so that Harry Potter could just like bust out there, you know? Yeah. Like Goosebumps was a few years before and everybody was reading it. Maybe not the adults and everybody, but like everybody of that age was reading Goosebumps. It didn't matter if you were a cool kid or not. Then a few years later, Harry Potter came out and just like exploded. And it, with that, it didn't matter your age. Mm -hmm. um, everybody was reading it. But I feel like Goosebumps helped that a little bit, in yeah. my opinion. My non-professional opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it definitely broke open a lot of uh, um, just looked outside the box on a lot of stuff. So mm -hmm. with all the series, so yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think a lot of a lot of books that came before definitely opened the door for Harry Potter to just be huge. So and it's definitely huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're getting ready to do another series on it or something. I guess so. I don't know. Oh. That's what yeah. I hear. Yeah. So TV is it show? a redo? Like I'm confused about it. Are they just like redoing it, but it's a series or is, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it to be honest. Yeah. Me either. I'm kind okay. of like the books were good. The movies were good, but I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of done with Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, I like Harry Potter. Um, but I think people think I like it way more than I do because I get gifted a lot of Harry Potter stuff. So, mm -hmm. which is cool. I got a lot of really cool, like, like I have like a Ron thing and I have, yeah, I've got like a, an owl headwig thing. I don't know. I got like all that stuff. The only thing I actually bought for myself was my little headwig, but I think it's just because I like owls. So I'm like, yeah, he's cute. And he's got like, he's got little wings. So. <laughs> Owl with wings. I know, <laughs> but like, and I like butterbeer. Like butterbeer is amazing. So yeah. Oh, I went to the Harry Potter thing at Universal in Florida, and that was amazing. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. I will. Yeah. Mike says, "Mike, you're talking." Like, I mean, like I'm. So I don't want to go off. I could go off on a whole tangent on why my opinion on Harry Potter has kind of changed. Um with things that I've realized doing a reread of the books as an adult, um, like a full grown adult and not like a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to, cause that's not what this show is about. <laughs> so, um, and no, I mean, it's definitely written really well and I'm definitely not going to say it's not. Um, there's just more things that I'm reading into it, I guess, as an adult mm -hmm. that I'm just like, Oh yeah. So, I, but, I mean, I have, you know, I have my Harry Potter stuff too. Like I have multiple things for Slytherin because that's, because I took the sorting quiz. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to diss anybody for their Harry Potter love and I, I understand it. I just think sometimes things change. 
So yeah. yeah. And your opinion can always change on stuff too. Like yeah. that's there's no it's nothing wrong to have a, a different opinion. Um, Mike says, I've read or listened to Harry Potter books about 75 times each, and I listen to them at least once a year in sequence. I do got to say, listening to the Harry Potter series on Audible is actually adorable for me because they read it in the accent. And I don't know <laughs> what it is, but like putting your watch in the pocket. Like, I love that. And I'm just like, I felt I feel quaint when I'm listening to it. So <laughs> that's that's my thing. Londa's a Hufflepuff. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, when I first got Slytherin, I was like, really? Slytherin? But I've like embraced it. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I see, see it. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I remember uh, his reaction. Oh, yeah, I see you as a Slytherin. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Nicole? I remember, I remember my uh, sister really badly wanted to be Hufflepuff and took the quiz like two or three times to get Hufflepuff because, <laughs> of course, it doesn't take into account what you want to be right but uh yeah, yeah we're I'm a, a uh, tried and true ravenclaw stacy says uh that's what's great yeah. about books they can change each time you read them because you change as you grow older absolutely yeah, i agree 100 percent i'm reading hagrid's lines to my <laughs> londa i would love to hear that <laughs> oh my gosh oh sorry indy's taking front and center here Okay. I mean, he had to say hello. He does. <laughs> He's so, like, he knows when there's a podcast. And if I start the podcast without him, he bites me on my ankles. That's like, rude. I know. Olive just tries to take my seat. I saw that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, is it time for you to podcast? I'm just going to sit here if that's okay. And yeah. then she gets really mad when I move her. <laughs> but, you know. Well, that's what she um, gets. I'm trying to think like if there's anything that stands out that made Goosebumps so nostalgic just besides the fact that they were just really fun, or not just Goosebumps but R.L. Stein, you know Fear Street and all that but I think it was just just because it was just really fun and mm -hmm. and um, easy to get for kids at that oh, yeah. age too. It was it was at the library it was at the book mm -hmm. fair it was I mean it was everywhere um, and and so, and there was always a new one. Like he, there would be a new Fear Street and a new Goosebumps coming out every month. Mm -hmm. So you finished one and there was always another one. And it was, you know, it was like, I think, I think you said it earlier, Nicole, where it was like just enough scary to be like, oh, like I'm scared, but not so much that you're just like, oh, I never, you know, it was like just enough scary to make you be like, oh, I want, I want the next one. I want more. Mm -hmm. And there was just always, and there's definitely ones that stick with you. Um, you know, like I think um, like the ones that really stick with me, obviously 99 Fear Street. Um, they had the whole cheerleaders trilogy with like this evil spirit that was, um, killing all the cheerleaders <laughs> um and then the fear street saga that did the whole like background of how fear street became fear street um and there was this one that always got to me um well i'm trying to remember if it was silent night or broken hearts and somebody got killed with an ice skating blade Ooh. There's just like, it's just always like things that stick out, like things that are different, you know, like it wasn't the same old, same old. It was always something yep. different. 
Like if you want to find a creative way to kill someone, just look up a Goosebumps book and you'll probably find, or if you're a street book and you'll probably find <laughs> a plethora of stuff. <laughs> you know, stick them in a shower and turn yeah. it on boiling hot. Don't let them out. <laughs> Mike says Goosebumps kind of reminded me of the old trips to your uh, comic book store or comic books and movies and stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And Goosebumps is one, one of those. Of the he just made kids want to continue to keep reading and reading. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's like, almost like, huh? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, uh, Stacy came on here. She goes, I like the safety of the scares that came from Stein. They never scared me enough to give me nightmares. <laughs> so, some of them. I mean, I guess they just give you phobias, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever had a nightmare about a garbage disposal. I just am very careful when I'm around them. Oh, creep show. Yeah. Mike's well, on it. he actually quotes the um Tales from the Crypt comic books as one of his inspirations. So yeah. Because that those was like, like dinosaur comics, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, what were you going to say? I was just gonna say, I think one of the reasons goosebumps did so well is because it came right when it did i mean the 80s was for horror was very much a uh, shock and horror and slasher mm -hmm. which is decidedly not for kids and then the mm -hmm. 90s kind of saw this like evolution more into like stephen king's territory of like thriller and psychological horror which also not for kids <laughs> but you grow up with all of these like figures when you're young, like, you know, Freddie and Jason. And it's like, I'm not old enough to watch those movies, but I'm old enough to read a Goosebumps book mm -hmm. that has, you know, a terrifying uh, ventriloquist dummy <laughs> in it. And it's, you know, close enough mm -hmm. for then and there. Yeah. Well, like I... uh, Stacy said, the safety of the scares. Yeah, exactly. It's scary, but not too scary. Like, are you afraid of the dark? Anybody else watch that show? Yes. Just me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. That <I> show. <laughs> yeah. That one, that was one too. It was like, it's a little bit scary, but it's not super scary. And um, Mike says mid 80s comic books were dying off bad, and these kind of books kind of replaced them for a while. And the 90s saw a resurgence in comic books. Okay. I mean, I've never been huge on comic books, but um, I do think I do think that there's like been a resurgence of comic books, though. Like, I think the adaptation of it. Time I've noticed it. Yeah, I, I think them going more into the graphic novel genre, kind of like what Nicole was doing. Like it, I think where it's it's the joy of the comic book, but you get more in depth, like more detail mm -hmm. from a graphic novel. So yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Nicole? You're you're kind of the expert on that one. Yeah, I mean, I we're, we're naming the you the reason... expert on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, graphic novels are kind of seeing a resurgence right now, just because our the next generation is very visually oriented, mm -hmm. and uh, books are great. I love reading, but graphic novels kind of are that gateway from I don't like reading, but I like looking at pictures. So you can get into graphic novels and it's not as much of a big commitment as like, you know, sitting down and trying to read um, a huge 
uh, like novel because you've got pictures to look at and it kind of, I feel like it's a good introduction at this point to getting kids and people into reading more. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's really why they're just taking off is, is it's just easier. It's like the TikTok of books or like the Instagram (laughs) of books. (laughs) But I do think that's true that it's everybody's more visual now. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, it's okay. It's just, uh, you know, and it's, it's nice too, because it like everybody uh, always loves buying the illustrated versions of, you know, their favorite YA Mm -hmm. books. I mean, how many of us uh, bought like the illustrated versions of Harry Potter or the illustrated versions of uh, Lord of the Rings (laughs) Mm -hmm. when they came out with those pictures. So it's just, it was a kind of a, I'm not surprised by the evolution into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely think that's true. Like, is there's just just the world that we live in now is very full of visual stimulation. So I definitely think, like, especially for like kids now, like keeping that visual stimulation in reading is probably going to keep them more engaged in reading. And. And that's why you should talk to Mr. Stein about doing some Goosebumps graphic novels. Yes. We're going to keep bugging <laughs> you about that. I'm like, please let me do one day at Horrorland. Because uh... <laughs> you'd knock it out of the park. <laughs> I feel like I would. I mean, I feel like I've read this uh, copy I have to near death. <laughs> I mean, that's that means it's a good book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think of like other, other like R.L. Stein that's like bumped out to me, but I don't know. I don't Bethany, are there any other, like other than the one Goosebumps where the boy gets eaten by his fish? Which other ones stick out to you? Well, yeah, like the one, uh, the werewolf one. Where he, oh, yeah, you mentioned the werewolf one. Yeah, he was, like, at summer camp, and he kept hearing the the wolf sounds, and everyone was afraid, and then they were all, like, hiding in there, and then the little boy who was, like, afraid the most, he starts turning into the werewolf. He didn't know he was a werewolf, oh, and his yeah. family was a werewolf. So then, of course, you know, everyone gets slaughtered. Yeah. But, there was yeah. – he did a werewolf one um, for Fear Street, too, Bad Moonlight, and she mm-hmm. joins a band and turns – again, turns into a werewolf without knowing it. And, like, at the end, somehow she saves everybody from being werewolves, but everybody kind of explodes while it happens. They explode? Oh, like, like explode out of their skin? And yeah, the wolf? yeah. Okay, well, okay. No, but, like, arms actually fly off of them. Dude. That's yeah. cool. That one was that's... really good. <laughs> Amazing. Because, <laughs> like, sometimes some of his stuff is like, oh, you think it's a ghost, but it's not. It's mm. a human. Or... <laughs> Like, you think it's this, but it's not. But that one is like, nope, it's werewolves. <laughs> yep. So, yep. I mean, he had a lot that actually were ghosts or whatever as well. But some, but he was really good at fake outs, too. Mm-hmm. He was like the king of fake outs. Yeah. Like, you think something's going to happen and then it was something completely different. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I just got stabbed. Oh, no, I didn't get stabbed. Londa says like Scooby-Doo. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I think that that's part of like what kept it as like good for kids is because it's like you think this horrible thing just happened, but it didn't. 
So it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can calm down now. You don't have to be scared anymore. <laughs> I actually, um, there was an interview that he did um, where he was kind of talking about the difference between his books and Christopher Pike books, because they mm-hmm. were written for like, at least like the Fear Street, they were written for about the same age. And with Christopher Pike, he gets a little bit more like not really sexual, but he gets into that stuff a little bit more. And it's Mm -hmm. not that he's like, oh, here's a sex scene, but it's known that teenagers sometimes have sex. And um, R.L. Stein really stayed away from all of that. Like the most anybody ever did in his books was like kiss. And he kept them very like um, chaste really. And he, um, and he was talking about how he did that on purpose um, because he's like, well, you know, this is for teenagers, but I also know that like their, their little brothers and sisters are going to be reading it. And like, you know, like with teenagers, it's like, they might be doing things on, on the side, but I don't think that I need to include that kind of stuff because that's not what teenagers need to be focusing on is sex. Like he's like, they should, you know, like, they can have good, clean fun. And I want to keep it that way. And I thought that that was kind of like, I just, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. Because he's like, yeah, we can scare them. But like, and yeah, they're going to be exposed to sex. But I don't need to expose them to that. Like, yeah. So. Well, and what what I think is neat is he was kind of, um like you said, with the fake outs, it's also like no one was safe in his books because some of his books, it was like the bad mm-hmm. kid that got that got the bad end. And then it was like sometimes it was the good kid who did everything right. And they were the ones who ended up getting it. So it's like that, like before Game of Thrones and the shocking death of everyone that you know and love pretty much um, <laughs> was Goosebumps and, and Fear Street, where it's like you didn't know who it was that was going or what was going to happen. Like they, he would take people to an entirely different world and just blow your mind. And that's that for, for kids and and people of that genre and age, like they love the, the creepy crawlies and the spooky and the, and the, you know, quirky type stuff. And if, even if you look at his marketing, like for, for fear street, it had like, kind of like that young adult, kind of like a little bit more than a kid's book, Mm -hmm. but not quite like an adult book. Like it, it, it targeted that it's kind of more darker type tone to the the covers and then you look at goosebumps series and it's bright colors like bright yellow bright orange bright bright blue with like and they're very bold like a uh, uh, like the eight basic colors you know blue red yellow green type thing and they're all just dramatic and, and catching of the eye so yeah i think i think he was an excellent um marketer whether he did his own marketing or had a say in his marketing i don't know it could be the publishing company did everything uh but whoever did it just did excellent on the marketing and got got the books into the mainstream at like the perfect time and his ideas mixed with that i think is just what made it just take off you know Mm -hmm. uh mike says that was a series i just couldn't get into book one about eight chapters in oh he couldn't go into game of thrones so (laughs) I, I, well, I stuck it through. I was like, I stuck it through the first book of Game of Thrones and the first half of the book. I was just like, why am I reading this? But I was like, everybody says it's fantastic. By the end of the book, I actually got into it. But if I have to struggle that hard to get Mm -hmm. through one book 
and all the books are that thick, I did kind of give up on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was like, nah. Well, I mean, if you look at how long <laughs> it took for him to come out with one book, and the fact that the show had to eventually break off from the book series because he was mm -hmm. taking too long to come out the books. If it's hard to write, it's going to be hard to read. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think that's kind of hit his issue. Um, but obviously, Mr. Stein has no problem writing because he's just pushing stuff out. Uh, Stacy says, yeah, he always kept you guessing by not being predictable. Yeah. And I think that was kind of new at that time. Now it's like everybody expects it. But at that time, yeah, it was it's all still... about the twist ending now. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you have something normal, everyone's like, huh, that was the twist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the twist was that there was no twist. I but, know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. A lot of times you thought, oh, it's going to be this. And it was definitely something completely different. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, this person's being haunted. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Never mind. It's just, just a person. in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I also really uh, liked with the uh, goosebumps that uh, every the end of every chapter is kind of a cliff mini cliffhanger. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a good writing technique right there too, because then you like you can't end at the chapter. You want to keep going into the next one. Yeah, he did that exactly. a lot in different street books too. It mm -hmm. was always like cliffhanger, and that that's where he would do some of the fake outs. So then, you're like, you start the next chapter, and you're like, oh, okay, but like you're still going to keep reading. Like it's just like you don't want to put it down, and they're um, they're not super long, so it's like super easy to just sit there in an afternoon and read one. Mm -hmm. I wanted to. I didn't want to keep covering up Crystal's face because. Mike's comments, I feel like covers up Crystal's face sometimes. But I do want to touch on what he said, where he said that um, he doesn't like the series where authors come up with new names for everything, like renames the tree and the sky and animals and new colors. And he's like, it's like having to learn a new language. Mm -hmm. I think that's like with with like um, Harry Potter and um, uh, Lord of the Rings, like they did very good on relating stuff that people already knew about. Like a horse was a horse in those. Yeah. You know, they didn't rename it, but they create a new stuff that you could kind of learn with um, Game of Thrones. I don't I don't think they they changed too much stuff on that. I don't feel like they did. Um, I mean, it was like a different it was like an Earth type world, but it was yeah, like a medieval. So, yeah. But with a uh, with Mr. Stein, it's the the stories that you read, he you knew they were fake, but like you could relate to them somehow. Like everyone yeah. knows that awkward kid in the class and everyone knows that, that, that cheerleader girl or something. Mm -hmm. So there was always something that you could relate to. And I, I think it's almost like a way of kids expressing themselves or wanting to express themselves at the age, but they don't know how, like they're dealing with all new emotions and hormones and stuff and they don't know how to express it. And here they are reading a book where like the person who's bullying them gets it. So they're like, yeah, like, <laughs> Or it's like you have, or, you know, like you have a secret admirer. Is it, mm -hmm. is it okay? Or is it something kind of sinister? Like, yeah. because like you are, you're like coming, like you're in that age where you're like just starting, like your hor hormones are starting to do things and you're like starting to notice people in a new way. And you're just like, 
just the idea of like having a crush on somebody is like both exciting and scary. So like the idea of somebody having a crush on you is the same thing. Mm. And it's just like, it like explores those topics in like an extreme way, but like a way that it's like, Oh, okay. So yeah. You know, like it is relatable because you're having like, you're feeling things and you're having similar thoughts, even if in a more toned down way in real life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I don't, I get you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just talking. <laughs> I feel like that's like half of our show. We both just go on, or we all just go on tangents. And then we're just like, wait, someone loop me back. Cause I went so far off on a tangent. <laughs> I mean, he had, he had a book called Secret Admirer in Fury yeah. Street. So that's not, it was only slightly a tangent. Wasn't there one, um, wasn't there one like Camp Street? or something or camp fear camp fear yeah that's he wrote um i think he wrote a few for that too i think that was like a series that was a whole collection of authors that wrote okay. different books i'm looking it up because like, i'm like man what was that camp no fear. it's like camp or point fear or something like that well i look up camp point fear horror. and it comes up with a that's haunted house in nebraska okay no like point oh, is it is. point horror that you're thinking of because that Maybe. was a series that, like, a bunch of different authors would, like, submit to. And I think Maybe. he wrote a few for that. Yeah. Maybe that was it. I don't, oh, oh, maybe it was Cape Fear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's different. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is very different. <laughs> like, isn't that somebody writing underneath a car? Cape Fear? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. It's a movie, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just had in my head a camp fear thing. So I was like, oh, maybe yeah. he did that one. I just had to look it up. Yeah, I don't know. So. But it sounds well, like something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, I have to get back to work. Um, I did my, my trek this morning, and then I go and I do an overnight tonight. So I have to go get ready to oh. go do my overnight. That was yeah. rude. I hope you took a nap. No, no nap at all. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, it was no. like, that stage where I'm like, I really wanted to go to sleep. But then I was like, wait, we got the podcast. So I got to like look up a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So have some coffee before you go I will. to work. Yes. Yeah, so lots of coffee. Lots oh, those turnaround shifts are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any uh, final things you guys want to talk about with, with Mr. Stein or anything? Or uh, or... No, I mean, I think. I just think that there's a reason that, like, anybody, like, you know, just everybody knows who he is. And he's just, he's really, like, he's, like, the Stephen King for young people. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> a, good, it's like, a good introduction to it. Yeah. Like, he's, there's definitely a reason that he was a lot of people's first introduction to horror, like, through Goosebumps and Fear Street. Um, I feel like... You know, there's definitely other authors that are, um, that were just as popular at the time, but like, they, they haven't stayed as relevant. And, um, I don't know. I just think, you know, and I just think that Mr. Stein has shown that he has staying power and he's made a cultural difference. Um, so I, I think that. There's a reason we love him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all. 
Uh, well, Nicole, is there anything you want to promote? Any upcoming stuff come, uh, that you have releasing or anything yeah, to look out? Sure thing. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, the next Sweet Valley Twins graphic novel, I believe, is out in the market in June. So uh, nice. enjoy. It is a, it's a good one. I'm a little biased, though. But, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on here. Uh, it's, you know, uh, R.L. Stein was uh, one of my first first loves of reading, so it's mm-hmm. always nice to revisit. I actually might go reread my One Day at Horrorland. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got to develop your pitch for him. <laughs> exactly. Got to uh, be Nicole, ready. Where can people find you at if they want to come find your your books and and your graphic novels? Where can they find you? You are welcome to find me at uh, N Andelfinger, which is just my first initial last name. I'm on Twitter. I don't post a lot. Twitter and I have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> but uh, I usually try to promote myself over there when it's uh, coming out. So Nice. Uh, they can get the, your, your stuff off Amazon? You can get it off Amazon. You can go to your local comic store who can order it. Um, local bookstore will also carry it. So. Nice. Uh, Londa says thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that you sacrificed a nap for this. So <laughs> you, know, you guys are good. <laughs> Much rather talk R.L. Stein than to than to be sleeping. <laughs> um, for anyone who is interested, Weird Realities is actually doing an open call for submissions for apocalypse stories. So anyone who has a short story or anything they want to submit just regarding the apocalypse, definitely reach out to Weird Realities Network. Uh, I think the point of contact is Rich uh, Ristucci. Is that you? Uh, yeah. Rich, I'm so sorry. I, I mess think, up his name I every time. Right? I think so. I'm I'm so bad with names. And he told me how to say it so many times and I always forget. Uh, so reach out to Rich <laughs> <laughs> if you want to submit to the Weird Realities Anthology. Um, it's definitely going to be fun. And yeah. proceeds from that anthology are going to charity, right? Yes, it's going to the... Hmm. Uh, I think like the Veteran Dog Foundation. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's it's Wounded animal, Warriors right? Dog or something. Yeah, something like that. It's going to charity we'll, that involves. I'll know for animals, sure in two weeks. So. We'll we'll yes. Yeah, we'll follow up. <laughs> we'll we'll confirm that before we tell you it's uh, going to some charity that it's not going to. Um, <laughs> so definitely for a good cause though. So yes. <laughs> um, so if you have any apocalypse stories. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that's it for Blondes Books and Campfire Tales. Uh, We will see you back in two weeks and we will figure out what we're going to talk about then. So we like to fly by the seat of our pants. The what? Yeah. Fly by the seat of our pants. pants. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Nicole. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Good to meet you there. And we will go ahead and yeah. Okay. All right. Bye guys. Bye. (laughs)